0: Hey fam welcome back to another episode of the new normal i am your hostess Gugun thank you so much for joining me welcome to season 4 episode 7 i hope that you guys are excited and i hope that you guys are looking forward to today's episode because today's episode it is more of a reflection kind of episode because we're reflecting back especially um, because it is youth month here in south africa Every 16th of June, we celebrate Youth Day, and it is a day where we have to reflect as young people and look back at um, the role that the youth of 1976 have played in terms of making sure that we as the youth of 2023 are secured. You know, looking back at how things used to be, especially for the class of 1976, they had to put their lives on firing line just so that we can have it easy and I do not necessarily think that we appreciate the youth of 1976 as much as we should appreciate them because I feel like there's still a lot of things that we are doing wrong as young people and we are taking advantage of what the youth of nineteen seventy six fought for. You know, your Hector Peterson, your Tieti Mashinini, they put their lives in the firing line just so that we can get the freedom that we deserve. These are young people who lost their lives um, because of the fact that they want to make sure that we are free from the era of apartheid and what apartheid had done. And back then, um, they were learning their subjects in Afrikaans. And, you know, it was hard for them. I can only imagine learning maths or learning history or economics or business studies in Afrikaans. I just can't, you know. They had to go through that and they fought and they marched in the streets of Soweto to fight against um, learning different languages, uh, learning different subjects in Afrikaans. And they did a good job. But are we paying enough tribute? Are we appreciating the role that they played? Are we saying to them, thank you? Um, Thank you for fighting for our freedom. I don't think that we, as the youth of 23, class of 2023, are actually doing what we're supposed to be doing in terms of remembering the youth of 1976. But you know, it is not just our fight. I feel like the government also is disappointing us and the government is also holding us back from actually doing what we're supposed to be doing because I feel like there is a lot of young people in South Africa who've got so much potential but are hindered from actually following their dreams and following their potential because of so many social economic issues that we're currently dealing with. And the social economic issues are actually affecting us as young people too. Um, so in this episode... I'm just going to be talking about youth empowerment, and I'll be talking about the challenges that we face as young people nowadays, especially in South Africa. South Africa has so much potential. I feel like we can do so much better, especially when it comes to the youth, you know. Um, I feel like a lot of effort has to be made in making sure that the youth are empowered. You know how we always talk about uh, women empowerment? I feel like even now, we should be focusing on youth empowerment and building the youth. So today in this episode, I want us to just take a look at some of the challenges that young South Africans have to go through on a daily. So I'm going to read an article here from a website called freeteensyouth.org and um, it's an article that was written by, I hope I pronounce her name correctly. Her name is Roshan Zub- Zubanova, right? Um, it's from Youth Time Magazine. So it basically lists... 10 issues that face the youth today. So single parent households. Now, this is a big one. A lot of young people are actually um, leading households. Maybe, you know, those households that don't have some form of, you know, that don't have parents, um, that don't have any form of adult. And a lot of young teenagers, even teenagers, especially teenagers are leading households today. You would find that both mom and dad have passed on or maybe mom is not really active in the child in the children's life dads are not there you know they have to literally take the role of being a parent to the younger siblings and that's hard you know that's a very hard thing to do and for me i look at my life and i'm grateful i might not have it all but i'm grateful that i have a family that i can look up to i'm grateful that i have my you know my grandparents who raised me, even though both my parents, my mother and my dad, were not really involved in my life, I mean, my mother, my mother passed on, like, last year, so I mean, her soul in peace, she gave me up to my father's side of the family, and they pretty much raised me, and in a sense, I'm grateful for that, um, but I wasn't raised by my dad, Let's. my father's still alive, but he didn't raise me, um, I was raised by my grandparents uh, my late grandfather and my grandmother she's still alive she raised they raised me to be the young woman that i am um, i was also raised by my aunt my dad's sister i think i call her mom because she i mean she like i said i was given up as a baby and she played the role of a mother to me you know so i never lacked that motherly role it would have been nice to build a relationship with my real mom, you know, but I understand finances were not great, but she really made an effort to be a part of my life, even though sometimes I could have felt like she could have done better, but she definitely made an effort. With regards to my relationship with my dad, I mean, like I said in the previous episodes, I don't have a relationship with my dad at all, you know, we live in the same house, but it's like like he's not there, it's just awkward, because There are certain things that I feel like my dad doesn't prioritize. He does. He's never prioritized my brother and I, you know, um, and both my brother and I lost, um, our moms and I guess that's something we can bond on, but I don't think my brother and I were ever a priority, you know, and I looked at my grandfather and that's why my grandfather's passing hit me so hard because even now I, I can't, I can't, I can't get over it, you know? We recently celebrated Father's Day. It was even hard for me to say Happy Father's Day to my dad because he's never been that, you know? It was easier for me to say Happy Father's Day to my grandfather because he's played that fatherly role. And he's always been there, you know? He's always been that father figure that I've always wanted, you know? So it's hard. Um, But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I've had my grandparents raise me, you know? I'm grateful that I had my aunt to raise me. I feel like she played the role of a mother and a father at the same time. You know um she's one woman that I look up to in every single aspect of life, and she's one woman that I'm so grateful for, and I thank God for her because she's done so much for me, and sometimes I think about it I'm like she could have had so much in her life, but she's sacrificing for me, you know, so I'm grateful that i didn't have that i mean even with with my with my brother he has support from his mother's side of the family um even from us i mean we're there for him as well you know um very smart you know very smart young kid uh he's a very smart kid and i really wish him all the best he's also a podcaster by the way just like me <laughs> you know he just started his own podcast as well um but yeah i'm very i'm gonna have him on the show one one day i'm definitely gonna have him But I'm grateful that I'm not one of those kids who have to lead a single-parent household. So since the 1950s, the numbers of single-parent households have significantly increased. Today, 14 million single-parent homes are responsible for 28 million children. Raising a child in itself is difficult enough, no matter whether it is a single-parent home or not, especially with tough economic conditions. So there are children who head their own homes like child-headed homes, and there are children who grow up with single parents. And you would find that the parent that they are living with doesn't work. And they have to rely on the grandparent most of the time. So that can impact the child, and that can impact, you know, them growing up. Um, drug and alcohol abuse. Now, this is a very big one. I think a lot of young people in South Africa, the youth, we struggle with alcohol and drug abuse. I think um, a lot of young people actually rely on drugs and alcohol because they they are just defeated you know and i think also the problem that we deal with as young people and i think it's mentioned here i don't know if it's no it's not mentioned but a lot of young people deal with depression and i feel like because of obviously the economy and not having jobs and you know not being able to find a job because a lot of young people have degrees but are unable to find a job because there is a lack of job opportunities in the country. Um, And that just adds more stress. And they obviously often feel as if they have to support their families. You know, the thing of black tax, they have to support their families and it's hard on them. You know, they have that additional pressure that... They don't necessarily need you know they are pressured into finding a job and the best way for them to deal with it is by abusing drugs and alcohol because there's this notion that um you know drugs and alcohol make you forget your problems and you can drink as much as you want to you can smoke as much as you want to but the next day when you wake up if you are very lucky to wake up You will still deal with that problem. The problem is still going to be there. It's not going to disappear. The best way to deal with whatever issue that you're dealing with, no matter how big and hard it is, is to face it head on and deal with it right then and there. Alcohol and drugs won't help you. You're making life even worse for yourself. You can't deal with your problems by smoking and drinking. I also have issues of my own, but I'm dealing with them, you know? Um, and the best way sometimes to deal with an issue is by tech. Tack- it's just by speaking about it to somebody close to you, venting and opening up. That way, you'll be able to just have the support that you want, you know. And you'll be given advice on how to handle a particular situation. So um, there has been times in history where every actor and actress in a movie was portrayed with a cigarette in hand as smoking was considered cool. Today, about 21% of high school student students and young people admit drug use, at, and 41% report drinking alcohol. That's crazy. Um, so, violence in schools is also a bit of a problem, you know? We've seen a lot of students nowadays, especially in South African schools, we see a lot of young students... Um, engaging in criminal-like behavior, bringing knives to school, bringing guns, you know, students stabbing each other, students stabbing teachers. It's come to a point where schools are not even safe for teachers as well. So that also hinders your education. You know, you're not getting the proper education that you deserve because the school environment is not safe. How can you learn in an environment that is violent? You can't. And that can also lead to, you know, young people dropping out of school because it's just not a safe environment anymore. Um, let me see. Schools play a major role in the formation of the Young Persons Foundation for building a life and it is reasonable to expect that the places for learning should be safe. Unfortunately, this is not always the case. As in many instances, schools have become war zones. In the last decade, 284 kids were murdered due to school violence. These were stabbings, shootings, fighting, and suicides. Stress and time management, managing the pressure to succeed in every area of life, and finding time to do it, it all seems to be one of the biggest challenges facing the youth today. Young people are expected to be successful, yet few of them are aware of effective time management. Having high expectations from family members can also be a stress to young people as well. Political and social issues. This is the biggest one. Understanding what goes on around the world and finding one's own opinion on social and political issues is a big challenge for the youth who struggle to differentiate between good and bad news sources and find a way in the mud of today's world. There's a lot of you know political issues that we're dealing with especially I'm going to make reference to South Africa. We're dealing with um, corruption and that on its own it kind of hinders young people you know it affects young people as well And that's why I always say, I always feel like, you know, our government is selfish and our leaders here in South Africa, South African leaders are very selfish because they're only thinking about their pockets. They're not thinking about how it's going to affect, you know, their actions. They're not thinking about how their actions are going to affect people. South African politicians are so selfish. They're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the long-term consequences that their actions could have on people especially young people and this thing of engaging in corrupt corruption activities it 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 affects us in a negative way because it affects even job creation opportunities it really does put a bad taste in young people's minds in, in young people's mouths because now you are unnecessarily spending money and this thing of unnecessarily unnecessary expenditure wasteful expenditure There was this whole scandal recently um in south africa where there was a cry i wouldn't necessarily call it a cry there was a story that recently happened i think it was last year but it also boiled down to this year as well i don't know if it was the last year or this year but there was a story of a flag that was being built or that was going to be erected right i'm not i'm not sure what the story is about to be honest i think it was last year And um, the government, the Department of Sports, Arts, Culture and Recreation was willing to spend, I don't know how much they were willing to spend on this thing, but they were spending a lot of money. I think it was in the, I don't know how much, but it was about, it was in the millions. They were willing to spend millions of rands for this flag. Um, At the time, Natim Tatwa was still the, 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 the Minister of Sports, Arts, Culture and Recreation. And a lot of South Africans were very upset. They were very pissed off. They were asking themselves, what is the purpose of this flag? And and the Department of Arts, Culture and Recreation were trying to defend it, saying that this was a historic flag. It was going to be used for historic purposes. But you could be taking that money and using it for something better. For example, creating job opportunities for the youth. But instead, you want to waste it on something that doesn't even make sense. I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. He tried to justify the reason for this flag thing, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't convincing, <laughs> if I should, you know, use those terms. It was not a convincing, shame, he tried to defend the flag, but it was not convincing. I'm still confused. I'm also, I'm, I'm at a point where I am, I'm not understanding what that flag was for. He says it was supposed to be for history purposes, but Come on, to spend so much money on something that is not to say useless, but something that just you can't even justify why you want to spend that much money. There was also that were going to be used for Tottenham and that flag that was supposed to be erected that is supposed to go towards young people. And I know that, um, you know, in South Africa, we like to upgrade our infrastructure uh, for history purposes and we like building statues. We've built a step that promotes materialism and young people are taught to measure success and happiness in life based on how much stuff they have. Materialistic view on life can result in dissatisfaction when one does not have enough and can negatively affect a person's life. I'm not going to lie. I'm a 2000 like things. Hey, We do like, sorry, we like things a lot. We like materialistic stuff. And we end up seeking those materialistic stuff for people from people that we should not even be seeking them from. I mean, I'm a 2002. And I'm not going to lie. I like the finer things in life. But I'm going to work for the finer things in life. You know? I'm not going to have somebody provide that for me. And that's a, that's another topic for another day, though. I think I'll definitely talk about that. And it's very common with women. But we'll speak about that in another topic. Um, Obesity. Recent numbers show that more and more children and youth, especially in the United States, are becoming obese. obese. yeah. Obesity is not as big as it is in the United States. Like, here in the it's not that big. This is mostly because they prefer to spend more time in front of the TV or laptop and not enough time exercising and leading a healthier lifestyle. That can also stem from depression. Um, Education and equality right? Different groups of young people seem to have unequal access to proper education and throughout the world, there have been continuous attempts at, um, at reforming education at all levels. Still, according to the World Inequality Database on Education, more than 25% of children worldwide have never been to primary school. Um, there's also this debate on uh, here in SA, right? There's this debate um, he's now the, the premier of Gauteng. He used to be the, the minister of education here in Gauteng, right? Banyaz Ali Sufi. He has this issue of why there is, why don't we use one education system? Why is there private schools? Why are they public schools? Why don't we have one education system, right? And there's this whole debate on that, that why, I mean, why are children in private schools given much more preference than children in public schools? I went to a private school, I went to a public school, I experienced both worlds, right? Even now I'm going to a a private university. When I was in high school, I went to a private institution, and then I went to a public institution. Um, And I got to experience both worlds, right? I know what it's like. It's totally different. Public and public private are totally different. Public, there's more students in a class, um, and with my, with regards to private, there's less students. So I've experienced both worlds. I know what it like. I, I know what it's like. And you would, you would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell the difference because I still went to a good school, even though I went to a public school. So I graduated at a public school, and I haven't really. I don't understand what the debate is about. I mean. The the economy is divided on its own. There are people that can afford and there are people that can't. There's the rich, there's the poor. So in order for us to deal with why we have two types of education systems, it's not just an SA. Even in other countries, they have different types of educational systems. There's your private and there's your public education. So in order for us to handle that, we need to handle, or before we can even have the debate of why there is public and private schools, we need to have a conversation of, why are we still having poor people that are poor? In that way, we'll be able to eradicate this whole system of public and private. We need to look at the fact that there are people who can afford, like rich people, and there are people that are poor, right? So the public system was made for people that cannot afford to take their children to expensive schools. Imagine if there was only one system, education system, right? We need to look at why do we still have people in South Africa that are still living in shacks? Why do we have people that are still living uh, on grants, on social grants? Or in the United States, they call them food stamps. Why are we still living with people like that? That is a question that we need to deal with before we can even have this conversation about public and private schools. All right. All right. Shifting economy in today's society, the open markets and global ta- globalization result in laying off workers and outsourcing work to the countries where it is cheaper. This makes it more difficult for young people to find jobs and further complicates the already problematic lives of the youth. So our economy is constantly growing. Sometimes it grows, sometimes it doesn't grow, you know, sometimes it remains stagnant, it doesn't go grow or decline. Um, And it can also affect young people as well, because especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw a lot of jobs being lost, Um, companies had to shut down, you know, other companies had to retrench workers just to save costs, Um, they had to reduce production because of the COVID pandemic and the lockdown, it also affected us in a very bad way. And some companies have not been able to recover from that. And that on its own can also impact the young person in terms of finding work opportunities. And now, especially in South Africa, it has resulted in a lot of young people creating employment opportunities for themselves, not going to seek employment. Yes, the government always says you must go and look for your own employment, create job opportunities for yourself and other young people, but it's not as easy as you think it is. Starting a business is not easy. Like, I want to start my own business. I have so many great business ideas but I'm struggling as it is it's not as easy as people make it out to be starting a business I'm also in the process of process of starting my own business right um but it's not easy it really isn't like I'm I have so many great business ideas it's just about putting pen to paper right um but it's not as peaches and cream as government think it is and that's why I personally feel like the government has failed us, and we need to start, you know, creating up employment opportunities for ourselves. Because clearly, the government is not going to take us serious anytime soon. Maybe things will start to improve when we have a a a a, 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 a young president. Maybe because our president does is not young. Maybe he doesn't understand the challenges we go through but i think the day that we have a young president a youth president in our country i think that's the day that things are going to change in south africa but otherwise thank you so much guys for listening to today's episode and i wish the youth of south africa a happy youth month and i wish you all the best with whatever business endeavor whatever you know endeavor that you want to go into i wish you all the best and We need to work together as young people and come up with a strategy to beat the government and just to, you know, build our, our, uh, the future is in our hands and we need to stop relying on government. We need to start making things happen, you know, we need to stop relying on government and start being independent, you know, so happy youth month to the youth of South Africa and may all your dreams and aspirations become a reality and we can do this, Let's hold each other's hands. We've got this. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and please don't forget to catch me on the socials. I am at it's Google on Instagram, at Noma Google on Facebook, and you can catch my my podcast. It's on social media at uh, the New Normal with Google on Twitter and at. Then you normal with Google and Sizwane on Instagram. I will catch you guys on Thursday. I've got another episode that I'll upload. So make sure that you do not miss out. We're going to be talking about um, uh, standards and having standard standards and setting standards for yourself. Um, so make sure that you don't miss out. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye. Alright, I don't know why the song is not playing, but I'll see you guys on Thursday. Have a good one.